0: Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to Vineyard Community Church as we continue on in a series that we're doing called Doing. And uh, we're into our fourth uh, uh, meeting on this series. It's about doing what Jesus did. It's about following Jesus. It's about what it means to be a disciple. And doing is what should spring forth from a life of being in relationship with God and others. And we are using the Gospel of Matthew for the foundation of this series, and we'll be, we'll be looking at uh, Jesus' teaching. We, we've already kind of covered the first uh, uh, four chapters or so. Chapter 5, we covered in a different series altogether on being. We looked at the Beatitudes, and now we've moved into chapter 6. We've been talking about um, developing the heart of a disciple, which we're going to dig into a little more today. Um, and in the process, the importance of developing a private relationship with God, That includes um, giving, praying, forgiving, and fasting. And then last week we talked a a lot about being thankful because of the holidays for sure, but also that, that it's a vital part of being a disciple, a follower of Jesus. Well, today I want to continue on in Matthew 6. And, and dig a little deeper into the understanding of a disciple's heart in regards to the temporary and the eternal. These are topics that we've been touching on as we've started through this series. And uh, that our perspective, um, it, it's a, it, we either get kind of stuck in the temporary or we develop, hopefully what we're developing as disciples is a more eternal perspective, and that that changes the way that we look at life and the things that we Understand as being important and what really matters in the lives around us. So I want to uh, use today our scripture reading is going to be out of Matthew six, thirty-one through 33. This is out of the message paraphrase and it says this what I'm trying to do here Is get you to relax to not be so preoccupied with getting so you can respond to God's giving People who don't know God and the way he works fuss over these things, but you know both God and how he works Steep your life in God reality, God initiative, God provisions. Don't worry about missing out. You'll find all your everyday human concerns will be met. And blessed be the word of the Lord. Um, See, to me what that means is this. that uh, Here are your choices for living in in the present uh, as you go through this life. A, your first choice is fear and worry fear and worry. And fear and worry is being focused on the temporary. That's one choice that you have. The other choice you have is B, faith and peace. And that's what happens when we're focused on the eternal, when our focus is primarily on the eternal. And so we're going to talk again today a little bit about worry. Uh, We've we've touched on this before because it happens. and I've, I say every time we get back to it, didn't you just talk about worry? I did. Have you stopped worrying yet? And the answer is usually no. And so it's worth talking about a little bit further. Although I did hear someone say to me the other day, don't tell me worry doesn't work. 95% of what I worry about never happens. Okay. <laughs> That's funny. Never mind. Okay, so... We've talked about this, but fear and worry are the hallmarks of our culture. I was watching one of my favorite shows uh, this, this week. I watch it a lot this time of year. It's a Peanuts clip. And we're going to try and make that happen for you guys. Can we get that uh, clip to run, the Charlie Brown clip?
1: All right. All right now, what seems to be your trouble? I feel depressed. I know I should be happy, but I'm not. Well, as they say on TV, the mere fact that you realize you need help indicates that you are not too far gone. We're well, I start think it we better over. pinpoint you for your fears. If we can find out what this. you're afraid of. There we go. All right now. What seems to be your trouble? I feel depressed. I know I should be happy, but I'm not. Well, as they say on T V, the mere fact that you realize you need help indicates that you are not too far gone. I think we better pinpoint your fears. If we can find out what you're afraid of, we can label it. Are you afraid of responsibility? If you are, then you have hypengeophobia. I don't think that's quite it. How about cats? If you're afraid of cats, you have alerophasia. Well, sort of, but I'm not sure. Are you afraid of staircases? If you are, then you have climacophobia. Maybe you have thalassophobia. This is fear of the ocean. Or, chephorobia which is the fear of crossing bridges. Or maybe you have pantophobia. Do you think you have pantophobia? What's pantophobia? The fear of everything. That's it!
0: Okay. People sometimes ask me, because they know that I like Peanuts and Charlie Brown, and they go, why would you like that? Do you know, Charles Schultz was a very strong Christian man, and he was brilliant in the way that he... um, Very subtly weaves Christian ideals throughout his comic strips, um, but it's very subtle, so so a lot of people don't even notice it. But he he does it, and in that particular one, that's the Christmas special. Um, If you ever next time you watch that, and and uh, I think everybody should watch. I don't care what age. Next time you watch it, watch what happens. Charlie Brown is depressed, and he's fearful, and he's sad about everything, as we just saw. Until the point in the show when Linus shares with him the good news about Jesus and everything about Charlie Brown changes at that point in time. That's why I love it, the show, because he, he talks about the reason for Christmas, and Charlie Brown changes when he gets it. And, and, uh, and so uh, I show you that clip because I think it's funny and it fits this time of year, but, but you know, that Charlie Brown admits to being afraid of everything. And, and our culture, people are very fearful, and it's like they're always something else to be afraid of. We talked about that. We keep getting hit with new things. And they don't like for you to get too much good news. And so the moment they have some good things to tell you, they, they quickly change it with, well, what's well, going to happen next so that you don't stay there. I don't know if you've ever noticed that, but they much rather have bad things happen than the good things. And they get, any little bad thing gets played over and over and over and over and over. So we're bombarded by this fear in our culture, uh, which causes us to worry. But as his disciples, see, we get a choice. We can either get stuck there in the worry and the fear, or we can decide that we want to have the faith and the peace that that is available to us. And so where that begins is these sort of choices. And the first one is this, um, where is your focus? That's the first point, where is your focus? I, I would say this way, where is your disciple's heart? Where is your disciple's heart? Jesus says in Matthew 6, 19 through 21, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Your disciples' heart will be where your treasure is. So what's most important to you? What do you value most? Where is your focus? The temporary, all those things that are temporal, or the eternal? And that's the question that Jesus asks. He says, look, what what are you focused on? What's most important to you? And it's a question that we have to ask ourselves as disciples. What is most important to us? And if it's temporal stuff, we're going to be worried and afraid throughout our lives. If we get our focus on the eternal, we can begin to let that go and not be so afraid anymore, knowing that God is good and we can trust him. That's the balance. Now, again, it's not saying don't have stuff. And I will say this over and over again. This is not about how much stuff you have or don't have. It's about who's serving who. And and that's what really matters in the point. Now, he goes on to make that point. Matthew 6, 34. Jesus says this. No one can serve two masters. Either he'll hate the one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. See, now God is the God of the eternal and we serve him. Money is an idol of the temporary. Um, and, and so it often, in people's lives, that's why a problem takes the place of God in their lives. They start to look to money for their security. They start to look that money is the thing that makes them happy, that money is all those things, and it's just not. See, in, in, in a disciple's life, money is a tool. That's all it is. It's a tool. And it's not where you put your hope or security or anything, because it can change. We've seen in our lives how quickly things can change when people get their hope there. Your hope is in the Lord. Now, if he gives you lots of money, cool, use it. It's a tool for, for whatever and to enjoy and all those things. That's all part of it. I'm not saying you don't do that. I'm just saying if you're consumed by it, though, which is what our culture is, then you start to lose life because the the... the, the trying to acquire it, and everything that you think it's going to bring will steal your life away, and it doesn't do anything. And, and it causes us to be fearful and worried. That's, that's that whole thing. When we're stuck in the temporary, we tend to be fearful and worried all the time. Second point, worry is a sign of being stuck in the temporary. Um, you know, we've, we've spent a lot of time talking about why we shouldn't worry and, and all those things, but, but now I'm trying to paint you a picture as a disciple. If you spend a lot of time worrying, it's because some of your focus isn't right and your focus is a little too heavy on the temporal, on the temporary. Jesus said this in verse 25, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you'll eat or drink, or about your body, what you'll wear. Is not life more important than food, and the body more important than clothes? look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Jesus' point is, look, if you get consumed by the things that the culture is consumed by, you don't experience life. He said, isn't life more important than that? Life is found in having an eternal focus. That's when we begin to find life. And he said, look, you're way more valuable than these things. Now, flip side, don't go to extremes. People, well, then you know what, we don't have to work? now. of course not. We, that's part of what we're under now in a broken world. But it just can't be the end all in our lives, the, the pursuit of money and stuff. It's just not what it's all about. It can't be all of it, part of it, possibly, but not all of it. And so when it becomes our focus, then worry and fear are the sort of normal outcropping of that. And, and that's why it's such a prevalent thing in our culture. That's why um, it's, it's sort of, you know, in demand. If it wasn't in demand, people wouldn't listen to it. I mean, that's the, the, the ultimate thing there, is, is that people spend fear because people want to hear it. Or else they just turn it off and say, well, I don't want to listen. That's what, I, I don't, I'm just, okay, I'm done. Um, you know, I've told you guys back in, I've had a good run now. Like in 2008, I decided that the cable news things were, were just ruining me, and I just shut them down. I don't watch them anymore. Because it was constant spin, fear, fear, spin, spin. I grab a few headlines now and go, okay, well, God's bigger than that, and you know, I figure that we better know the signs being sharpened up when Jesus is coming. But uh, but other than that, I don't I don't want all the spin on the fear. It's bad enough. So our cons- culture, though consumed by the temporary, ends up giving little thought to the eternal. You think about it; that's what happened. And and so we're, we're so focused on the temporary that now little thought is given in our culture to the eternal. And fear and worry have caused us to lose focus and perspective. And they've caused us, in effect, to stop trusting God. And so they've weakened our faith. They've caused us to lean on our own understanding and abilities to try and make everything somehow work in the temporary. And that's where life gets lost. Um, and, and it's stealing life. Third point, worry is actually not only ineffective, but it's life-stealing. Worry steals your life. Worry and feel fear steals your life. That's why they're tools of the enemy. It's what he came to do. Steal, kill, and destroy. And he does it in those ways as as others. But he does a pretty good job of it right there. When you're consumed by worry, um, life just doesn't feel right. It does not becomes... You know, this, this burden, and when you're living under that, there's something wrong. It means that something is out of focus. Something has lost its priority. Something isn't quite right. And, and so we have to begin to take that on. Matthew 6, 27. Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? See, it's, it's about living again. Worry doesn't add anything to your life. It adds nothing to your life. It steals from your life. It takes away. Ruins it. And, and it's a terrible way to live. And yet we're, um, we have to be vigilant because it wants to get us all the time. You know, it always wants to sneak in. It's always finding, looking for something else just to take you down. Because when you get consumed by it, you quit doing anything else. It becomes your focus and that's all you think about. And it's, it doesn't do you any good. So we have to change our focus. That's the last point. Point four. How do we change our focus? How do we move from fear and worry, which is the temporary, to faith and peace, which is the eternal perspective. Jesus tells us, Matthew 6, 31 through 33. So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So he tells us how to do it, how not to worry. Seek first in your life his kingdom and his righteousness. His righteousness means his right living. So he's laying it out for us. What you need to do is follow me. You want to you find life? He's gone over and over. You've got to lose that one you're trying to live and live the one for me. You find life by following me. Seek him first. The kingdom of God first. Make that your priority, the eternal. Make that your priority. And then he takes care of the temporary. It's this amazing thing that happens. Now, uh, he... see. This feeds into so many problems that we have in our lives. Why we tend to be so busy all the time is that we think if we ever take a break that somehow it's all going to fall apart. Why, um, you know, in our, in our day and age, um, people have pretty much kind of abandoned any sort of a Sabbath day, and everything just goes on as it does every other day because, well, if we're not out there Sunday, we're missing opportunities, you know, that we could to make money. And it's just, this thing just keeps, you know, because I wonder with my kids as they grow and as my grandkids grow up now, that, that there won't, there'll be a, this blurring of days. You know, when I was a kid, things were done on Sunday. You couldn't, there wasn't, you didn't. And then slowly but surely, oh, well, you know. And now all of a sudden, it's just like any other day. There's no, there's no reason to stop. And it's like this just constant. We just need to keep this whole thing going all the time. But it's a picture of not trusting God. Because when you can't take a day to take a break, it means you don't think God can provide for you. You just don't trust him. And so there, there needs to be that worked into our lives. So we'll see this, this whole thing, this fear and this worry, keeps us from that. And it steals from us life in and of itself. And it's, it's such a, it's such, it sounds so weird, but when we make this change in our lives and quit trying to figure it all out in our own strength and start to follow him, he takes care of all those details. We don't have to worry about it. Now, he may not do it the way we want. That's kind of the catch. And, in, in fact, I found out he normally doesn't do it the way that I... I would have him do it, but he does it differently, and it's better. It's just not what I would... So I have lots of quick fixes that I think he ought to jump on all the time, and he doesn't. But is there better? And I have to learn to trust that. And so, so you know, that's part of the process. We, when it's not going the way we think, then we start to get concerned by it, but we have to learn to trust him and, and to follow him. And then as we do that, he takes care of all the stuff that we're worrying about. So you you follow Jesus, you live as a disciple, and then you find life. It's only as you change your focus that the the following verse even becomes possible in our lives, and this is a big one we've talked about at Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Do not be anxious about anything. You see, if you're not following Jesus, that doesn't even make sense. But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts. There's the disciples' hearts again. And your minds in Christ Jesus. See, as we make this transition, we decide, you know what? Uh, I, I, I want to get my focus on the kingdom of God, what really matters. I'm going to seek him first. And then I'm not going to be consumed by this stuff. He's going to take care of it. And, and I can trust him to take care of it. It doesn't mean I quit my job or do any of those things. It just means my focus is about doing what he wants me to do and doing the next right thing. And then he starts to take care of all this stuff that I'm kind of consumed about. And, and this, that whole change then allows me to do what we've talked about often, which is worry less and pray more. You've heard me say that a lot. I'm going to keep saying it because I want you to do it. Worry less, pray more. Worry less. Pray more. It's part of the process. And, and, and uh, you know, we've talked about it. I'm trying to give you the picture of why as we follow him, we can, because we can trust him and we can find life in him. And we won't find it in our pursuit of these other things that are so temporary. No life is found in the temporary. It's found in the eternal as it, as it moves back into our lives and into the present and invades that. So that's what he's calling us to. And as disciples, that's why he's saying those things to his followers. Look, this is what life looks like. Don't be consumed by worry and fear. Have faith. And out of that, get peace. And that, that as his followers, even in this messed up world, you should experience more peace than worry. Should, that should be part of the deal. Lots of bad stuff and everything, but a peace that's knowing that he's got us, that he's always going to have us, he's going to take care of us. And so we can trust him in situations that we can't fix. And so we, we learn to trust him. And that's part of what disciples do. We're going to close that one there. Uh, If you're watching by video or on TV, thanks for watching. God bless you guys. If there's anything we can do for you, call us, write us, email us. We will certainly try and do whatever we can for you.